I'm seeing the example on the image quite a lot recently. Brands are challenging and changing their logo in order to fit a seasonal offering. Hovis has transformed to Ho Ho Hovis for the Christmas period, and Warburton's, rather more subtly, has become Warburton's with three R's in it. Whilst this may seem fitting, it removes recognition from previously strong branding. Importantly, maintaining brand consistency also strengthens the legal case from private labels and discounters trying to copy hard-fought assets and equity from the big brands. Now, many people may say it shows the power of a good logo and how it can be flexed. The truth is, it doesn't show flexibility. It shows dilution, and that's not what successful brands should do. Simply put, don't muck about with the logo. And that's exactly what I said on my recent LinkedIn post, which has prompted quite a lot of debate. So why is this? Why is the brand logo so sacrosanct? Let's dive in. Why should we keep the integrity of a brand logo? The two brands that prompted this discussion were actually seasonal offerings from two of the big bakeries here in the UK, Hovis and Warburton's. Now, seasonal packs are normally the time to have a little bit of fun. And why not indeed? It's, it's that cosy time of the year where lots of marketing, communication and packaging is adorned with festive tomfoolery. Most packs will slap on a bit of holly or a cartoon Santa. Some play about with the snowflakes or other festive gizmos on the background. And, and why not? Christmas time is all about celebration and sharing the comforts of home. So it sort of fits, especially when you look at some of the bakery brands and confectionery offerings out there. The key question for me here, though, is how far should this communication go on pack? And which of the brand assets is it allowed to play around with? Is it the remit of the pack architecture and secondary communication, or should brands be allowed to muck about with the brand logo and adorn these with the same levels of Christmas spirit? I'm going to split my argument against the latter here into two parts. Firstly, changing the logo even slightly reduces instant recognition from a consumer. Clearly, this depends on the levels of change, but this dilution removes brand signposting. This may be subtle, and as on the LinkedIn post, many comments stated they could still recognise the brand from which it came, and I do see the point that they're making. But if you've spent a small fortune on creating ownable assets and equity for your brand that help convey your brand proposition, why would you change and undermine these with something that is completely opposed to your brand? Let's look at Hovis as a great case in point here. Hovis is rooted in tradition and pedigree. It's one of those companies that's been around since time began, and this is absolute branding gold dust. If you can convey this pedigree successfully to a consumer, you have an amazing point of difference and are clearly communicating that if you've been trusted for generations, that you're doing something right. Adding on ornamentation that is fundamentally opposed to this brand positioning for me completely devalues the whole proposition and undermines what you stand for. There are plenty of ways that pedigree brands can use festive communication, which helps support what the brand stands for, rather than reduce this to rather naff ornamental clip art with a tone of voice opposed to what you're trying to communicate from a brand point of view. This is amplified when this clip art starts to infect not just the pack, 
but the brand logo. In this case, the evolution of the brand to Ho Ho Hovis. One really interesting comment I got on the LinkedIn post was from somebody who had previously worked in marketing at Unilever. Whilst on the marketing trainee scheme, they were given lots of formal brand training. The key message on the brand was simple, never F star 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 with the logo. I don't think I could have said that better myself. Now, I'm clearly not saying let's ban Christmas from packaging. What I'm saying is let's do it in a way that's more fitting with what the brand stands for. The role of the design agency is to ensure that any creative fits with what the brand stands for, rather than plonking on clip art and creating a pastiche value brand offering. Let's go back to the Hovis example again, and and particularly a, a, a Hovis piece of advertising. I've seen examples of this where there is beautiful product photography with three loaves placed one in front of the other in order to crop the H and the O from Hovis and create the Ho, Ho, Ho as a sort of step and repeat over the three products. Now, clearly this is quite a clever piece of advertising and doesn't undermine what the brand stands for whilst creating a very premium seasonal offering with the product staying at centre stage. So why is this important? Well, that brings me neatly onto my second point here. Over the last 20 years or so, the discounters, and I'm particularly citing Aldi and Lidl as the worst perpetrators of this, have created products by piggybacking on the assets and equity of the big brands. Have a quick walk around any of these discounters and glance at the shelves and you'd think that the Jaffa cakes and whiskies that they have in there were promotional offerings from the big players. In fact, many of these borrow so heavily from the big brands that it's prompted many a court case. Well, we can probably all remember Asda's Puffin Chocolate Bar as a copycat to McVitie's Penguin. The key point I want to make here is that if brands are diluting the hard-fought assets, they're devaluing what they stand for and playing straight into the hands of the discounters. In fact, the two examples on this podcast are to glance borrowed directly from this type of behaviour. The other factor to mention here is that if you have a brand logo that has maintained its integrity and followed the rules set out in the brand guidelines, it's much easier to defend this against the copycat brands borrowing these assets. Start mucking about with these, and as I'm reliably informed by a trademark lawyer, your case starts to sit on very thin ice. Sure, it's Christmas, so I think brands and packaging have the right to have a bit of festive fun, but there are so many more clever ways brands can do this. Should brands have license to be able to do this at Christmas time? Well, yes, but there are clearly better ways to do this that sit closer to what the proposition of the brand is without undermining what the brand stands for in the first place. Premium and pedigree brands need to be particularly careful here not to cheapen the core DNA. It's almost like when celebrities known for their stiff upper lip, say, go on to comic relief and start dancing around dressed as a comedy chicken. Sure, it's mildly amusing as it's unexpected, but it devalues and undermines what they stand for and becomes, well, a bit cheesy. So yes, eat, drink and be jolly, but remember what you stand for and stick with it. That's a wrap, as they say. I hope you found it informative. If it adds value, then please do subscribe. 
I'm Al, owner and creative director of Slice Design. You can follow me on my LinkedIn page, which is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Alan Gilbody, or you can follow us on our company website, which is slicedesign.co.uk. So until next time, have a fantastic week and keep well.